Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we're talking about proof theory, and we're talking about natural deduction proof systems right now, which are systems that are based, based on this simple idea of kind of, I can either prove a particular form of formula, or I could use a proof that I already have. So we have introduction rules for proving the formula, and elimination rules for deriving some consequences of a formula that I already have proved. Um, or that I might have assumed. And last time we were talking about uh, implication rules. So the implication rules are quite interesting because they add an assumption that is um, a fact, you know, it's something we can use in our proof, even though we don't actually have a, a real proof of it, we are just assuming it's true. Uh, and so, um, you know, so our, our proof, our inference for Implication introduction says assume F1, try to prove F2, and that's how you prove an implicational formula, F1 implies F2. Okay, now this time um, I'm excited to share with you a little bit. So we talked about natural introduction and introduction, and elimination, implication, introduction, elimination. Um, and uh, there's a couple other ones, like uh, the simple ones, sort of base cases like true introduction. How do you prove true? That's just an axiom. It just says the form the the formula true as a formula. That's just true, okay. Um, and similarly, there's a so there's just only an introduction rule for true. If you know true is true, you don't get to really deduce anything from that because true didn't tell you anything interesting. We all know true is true. We should except crazy, sad, crazy people. Um, but uh, okay, so. Um, there's also one for false. There's no introduction rule for false. We can't actually prove that false is true because it isn't. But if you somehow knew false were true, how could you possibly know that? We just said you can't prove it. You could assume it, or you could be assuming some things which together let you derive false, right? So if you know, if you have somehow a proof, it would necessarily be from some assumptions uh, of false, then you're allowed to conclude any formula you want. Um, this is called a this is called ex falso quad libet in Latin, which means from false whatever you want, and uh, it's also sometimes called a principle of explosion because kind of once you got false, it's just like everything goes bananas and you can prove whatever you want. Some logics are called paraconsistent logics. Try to sort of contain the damage. Um, and don't let you just prove absolutely everything when you've proved false. Uh, honestly, I don't know terribly much about these logics. I just want to mention it as a possible interesting you know, thing to, to branch off and, and learn more about. Um, so, okay. I mean, I, I would assume that these, I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't know anything about this. But, I mean, it sort of makes sense to consider a logic. Like, I, I mean, probably most of us, if you strictly speaking, wrote down all of our beliefs in a, a logical system and deduced their consequences, odds are, right, there's some inconsistencies somewhere or other, right? If not, you know, hats off to you. But, but those inconsistencies don't, don't, have some, don't somehow spoil our entire knowledge base. They're, they're somehow, we should understand they're sort of limited in scope, right? Just because my, I happen to hold in consistent beliefs about where something is at the moment or something, or I don't know, you know, I, I think that like the pink hairbrush is in the bathroom, but then I have this other belief, which I haven't really thought about too much, that all the hairbrushes were in the garage right now. Um, that doesn't somehow ruin all my, you know, cognition. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Um, 
Yeah, my hairbrush example, I've got two daughters, so we have hairbrush finding issues sometimes. Okay, so anyway, um, now, natural deduction. So I, I, I'm, I already was thinking what I wanted to say in this by the title of natural deduction, the bad news. <laughs> natural deduction, the bad news, is that for some connectives, we don't have worked out, and it's only been 100 years, so come on, give us a break. We don't have worked out... Um, the, I, I, just as an aside, I'm super fired up about reading about paleobiology right now. We're like a hundred years. Gosh, they don't even notice. They don't notice a million years if you had paleo, but geologic or paleobiological time. So, um, anyway, uh, did you know dinosaurs or did you know birds are dinosaurs? My wife wants me to please stop telling her this. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so we don't have worked out good rules for disjunction. This is shocking and disgraceful, and I, but I think it's actually pretty hard. So we know, so for or, how do I prove an or, okay? Well, if I, I think I even said this last time or two times ago. If you to prove an or, if you know a formula F1 is true, then you're allowed to conclude F1 or F2. Because F1 or F2 is telling you, well, it's one or the other, and hey, I happen to know it's the first one. Cool. From F1, I can deduce F1 or F2. And of course, similarly from F2, I could deduce F1 or F2. You say, um, so what's the big problem, boss? That sounds pretty okay. Yes, that's fine. Inf or introduction, there's no debate. Or elimination is the problematic case. And uh, there's um, Jean-Yves Girard, the great um, but greatly eccentric uh, proof theorist uh, in Proofs and Types. There's this book called Proofs and Types, which is written by Girard and several co-authors. If it had only been written by Girard, no one would be able to get much out of that. Um, if you don't believe me, just try reading The Blind Spot, uh, which is only written by Girard. But this is written by Girard and Paul Taylor and a third co-author, I think. And it's a beautiful exposition of a lot of issues in proof theory and type theory. And in there, there's a very funny rant, um, which I completely agree with, about how awful the or, or elimination rule is and how it's just completely defective and shows that we don't understand it and all this kind of stuff. I totally agree with the man on this point. I don't agree with him on loads of other things. <laughs> which he happily dishes out to in great abundance in the blind spot. Uh, anyway, um, so the or elimination, here's the rule we have right now, the rule you'll find in book after book, um, which Gerard and uh, uh, others rightly excoriate. It says, if you've proved F1 or F2, and if, assuming F1, you can prove something else, like let's just call it C, and if assuming F2, you can prove that same C, then hooray, you can prove C. Um, okay, so basically the, the, this rule has three premises. You need to prove F1, and, F1 or F2. You then need to prove C under the assumption of F1. And you need to prove C under the assumption of F2. And then you get to prove C. Now, if you're listening to this and able to follow what I'm saying, I hope I'm explaining it clearly enough that you can hear, understand it. You know, talking through these things sometimes... It's a little bit of a mouthful, but um, you would say, but this, you might say, but this doesn't really seem like a problem. That's sound, right? And say, yes, this rule is sound. No one is debating its soundness. If you know F1 or F2 is true, and if from an assumption of F1 you could prove something, and from an assumption of F2 you could prove that same something, then you can prove that, that formula C outright. That you can conclude that. This, this is definitely a sound inference. Um, the problem is in the form of the inference. Uh, 
we have this formula C that just kind of comes out of nowhere. And that really causes a lot of problems in the proof theory of natural deduction. Uh, this C is unrelated to the OR. If you look at our other rules, like our implication introductions and eliminations, um, and introduction elimination, all the premises and conclusions are all basically about the sort of same group of formulas. Like when you, when you prove A and B, you're assuming you have a proof of A, you're assuming you have a proof of B, and you can prove A and B. So there's no new formula that just pops out of nowhere. Same with the implication rules. You want to prove A and plus B? Well, then your premise of this inference, you know, to, to perform that introduction, impl introduction, implication, introduction, inference, right? You just say, okay, well, assume the, the first part, A, and prove B. So that A and B are coming from the, the formula you're proving. So in all these other rules, there's a, a in the introduction rules, there's a formula you're proving. In the elimination rules, there's a formula you've proved. And in all the other cases, all the other premises and conclusions of the rules just mention the A's and B's that are in either the conclusion, if it's introduction rule, or the, the special premise there, if it's uh, that has that connective, it's the elimination rule. But not for or. Okay, and so that is a serious deviation from what you might like to be sort of a, a principle of natural deduction. That it's like you have this exact property, and whenever I introduce a formula, I'm introducing it based on proofs of its subformulas, of, of some kind of proofs involving its subformulas. Whenever I eliminate it, um, my elimination is giving me proofs of its subformulas, possibly making use of some proofs of its other subformulas. Right, but or doesn't work that way, and that's that's pretty bad, and it leads to lots of problems. Um, I'm actually really quite interested in this problem, and I've thought about it for a while, and I think I have. I'm, I feel like I'm hot on the trail of a new uh, solution to the problem, which is kind of exciting. Um, and so, yeah, so basically, it's like you know, if you're proving things on paper, it's like I know a, a disjunction, and so I need to have two cases one where I get to use the first disjunct, one where I get to use the second disjunct. And so that that's clearly the, the kind of reasoning, you know, natural deduction is supposed to be formalizing our natural mode of reasoning. And that's clearly the kind of inference that we naturally are doing that we would like to formalize. But the problem, I think, is that this particular formalization of it, where we say, all right, I've got these two subproofs, one where I'm using the first disjunct, I'm assuming as an explicit assumption the first disjunct, one where I assume the second. This form of reasoning, I think, is the, um, this has not been formalized the way we, we need it to be in the usual or elimination rule. And so I'm, I personally am trying to develop a different formalization of that same um, natural, you know, style of inference that would uh, not have this, what I think Gerard calls parasitic formula C. Um, so anyway, so yeah, natural deduction, the bad news. And uh, when we go from propositional logic to first order logic, um, existentials have the same kind of problem. So or and or and exists are, are bad uh, as we have, as we know how to deal with them right now. Um, so, uh, and in fact, in proof theory books, you'll, there's like, there's this proof theory book, which I'll reference more um, probably as we go along, that by Trollstra and Schwichtenberg, they, they call them, I think they call them DEL, 
rules disjunction or elimination like rules. So these are kind of the ones that are a problem. Okay, uh, thanks a lot for listening. We're going to continue our tour of just what are the various proof systems, and then we'll kind of branch out into some of the subjects that proof theorists are interested in. Um, and I have a couple proof theory books that I'll try to sample a little bit for that. Okay, so yeah, as always, shoot me an email if you want to say hi um, or tell me anything. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.